I am Andrew Lucas, Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we go? So the point being is, good golfers are a fucking dime a dozen. And we saw it in full swing that the line of demarcation between... Here, are you ready, Bud? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Divots and Pizzits. Pivot Pizzits. Jesus, Pivots, episode 27. Uh, We are, uh, I'm sorry, episode, I'm all over the place. Jeez. Uh, We're we're, we're talking the Genesis Scottish. Here we go. Here we go. Start start it up. Here we go, Bob. You know what it was? I was pulling up the. I was pulling up the Rumble comments so that I could uh, make sure I was paying attention to people as they chatted with the show. That's that's fair. They're gonna, they're, and, uh, they're gonna say you distracted. can do it. That's all it's gonna read yeah. right now. Yeah, so I got to go get him, Andy. Does anybody call you Andy? <laughs> no, do oh, I'm so glad you brought that. No, I hate hate when people call me Andy. It is not allowed. And by the way, and I you know by sixty, not twenty this week. Just you know, yeah, okay. Little, so you got you, pre show pre show shit talking that had to be resolved there. So you cut into the season lead I have. Congratulations. Yeah, um, I played yes, Ashley for the first time in my life. And he did good. He did good. Car, he, car run good. Yeah, but uh, no, to get back to the Andy comment, I've actually, most Andrews I've talked to cannot stand being called and, Andy. So uh, just keep that in mind when you talk to an Andrew. Do not assume it's all right to call him Andy because most of us do not like it. Andy uh, Ogletree, who uh, live golfer, Georgia Tech guy, USAM winner, he he prefers Andy, but that's because he put it out there. But you know, point taken. Yes. I, I was my government name is Michael, and growing up, like some people tried to call me Mikey, and it was like, oof, Mike was yeah. in the stretch. It's just not, it's, yeah, it's just not all right sometimes. Uh, but look, this was this was a big, big, big day in golf today. We had the uh, the long awaited Senate hearings uh, for the the. Let's be clear once again the the PGA and PIF merger. Um, although this yeah. is now starting to look a lot like a uh, a live buyout by the PGA here as well. Not a buyout because they're not the ones spending the money, but in the end they're pretty much taking over control of the, of the live golf tour. Um, so big big day. There was a lot of a lot of uh, tidbits coming out. Do you have any opening thoughts before we dive into the legalities and the the headlines? on golf in general today was a big day for people who have strong opinions about this i we my opinion is i we still don't know anything like we didn't learn anything today so there's an agreement in place to do an agreement this was this was for some people to get some clicks and likes and do some virtue signaling and you know and jimmy dunn was great you know up there sparring with those guys uh but it's like okay and i think ron yeah senator ron johnson which what a name um just ron johnson man anyway he kind of said it he was on barstool and then you know he get, he does this hearing today he's like all you know everybody got to say what they needed wanted to say it got out there but mm-hmm. like we need to actually see what this agreement's going to look like all we have is a quote-unquote framework now there's the the shit on social media seven things that we learned today uh, sure. So, first of all, Rory, How which are just Rory? buzzwords, by the way. That's just it's the same as clickbait. The, the the just being put out there for buzzwords. 
And I'm not above it. I clicked it and read it and no. reviewed with every single one. Rory, I wanted to open up with your thoughts on this one. Rory, finding out that Rory talked to PIF, or I don't know if it was Yasser yep. himself. Back it, was, what, it, it was, from what I read in the article, it was, he talked to him directly. And some of the notes I wrote, or wrote, read, were he made it abundantly clear he's speaking for himself and, and only himself. And then right. every once in a while he would say, I, I, you know, I'm pretty confident that Tiger would feel this way too, or, you know, he would drop those in there. Yeah. It, it sounded to me, it was almost like an unofficial, unofficial, you know, litmus test with the players to find out, you know, do we, should we even continue with what we're doing? Because it's going to eventually get to you all. And if, if, if everybody revolts, then we're all fucked. Like, what do you think, you know, kind of thing. Cause he also, he, you know, there's this thing still has to be like voted on. I guess there's like this, so you know, that's the, the point. That's the point I wanted to bring based off of your first comment about we didn't really learn much other than that this is just an agreement to have an agreement because you're right. Because what we did, which I think is big, because what we did learn is that the player council still gets a final vote on whether this goes through or not, which makes perfect sense as to why a meeting with Rory was requested because Rory is one of the few players on that committee. He's the head of the committee. His sway in word is going to go a long way on whether this gets passed by the players of the PGA or not. So it makes perfect sense that he was uh, kind of in the crosshairs to, to have a private meeting uh, with the PIF and, and you know cross some of these bridges. I don't think it was really about getting a sense on whether the players were going to rebel. I think it was straight up to get the feel for Rory. You think it was much more just could, like softening the ground, like, hey guys, this is coming. Not, and... not even the ground, just softening Rory. I think they just wanted to sell it to Rory because they knew that if Rory could get up in front of the rest of the players' council and make the argument for them that this made sense, that it would that was their best avenue into this. So the, what about the part, I love this, all the proposals and everybody's losing their fucking mind about it. Uh, but the idea that the just the notion that Tiger would agree to play 10 tournaments besides the majors yeah. and not on the four. PGA tour. He's tied. He's t the fact that somebody was like, we're, I mean, I guess in, in the world of we're just spitballing here, like what would be really cool if we could get out there and offer, but the idea that they were going to get him to do 10 live events and then own a team. Like by this, well, it's ironic because he announced him and Roy, that's exactly what the two of them are doing, right? They're running this TGL yes. league. And so who knows, maybe there was some, some IP stolen there and they took an idea and they flipped it. No, but well, I'm not above thinking that because think of the timing of the announcements and the timing of the meeting with Rory and with the PI at like it. I mean, these meetings were going back to November and December of last year that this was being talked about like so all this all this bullshit about pe the only like four people in the world knew this was happening load of bullshit we know that now conversations were being had they were just keeping their mouths shut rightfully so conversations were had things were said tomato tomato yeah so what do you, so like my reaction is i i don't really care it was fun it was it was kind of cool to see golf on capitol hill i guess you know because i'm a i was a poli sci guy and I'm still kind of a wonk in that world. I like to, I like to, that that's my blood sport is to follow politics. Uh, and so it's, it's fun to see this kind of intersection of worlds that you don't, I mean, it's, they have the tech CEOs up there, you know, every other week testifying yeah. on something, right? Like, you know, and then in between, there's always the tear jerking causes that get the spotlight. I mean, there's people up there every day, but this, and to see a guy like Jimmy Dunn 
sit in that position and and just kind of hold, you know, kind of kind of let it be known. You're not going to question my integrity. You're not going to question my patriotism. I am a businessman. We were in a tough spot. This was, you know, a timing issue. This was, you know, a quick, easy solution. And they and also to outline like we're not we're not giving up golf to the Saudis, quote unquote. We're going to maintain, you know, every every step along the way. Now, I do ask the question, what's the difference between the CEO and the chairman? Right. Like, you know, Yasser's still going to be the chairman. Well, Jay's going to be the CEO and PGA mm-hmm. Tour is going to hold the majority of everything. I mean, it does sound like there was some good faith back and forth. And that's a stretch of a term to use, I guess, in a deal like this. But it, it they, they're trying to make it dead clear that, like, we hear what your concerns are. And we're not, you know, yeah. we're not here for that. Now, there are people who these are the folks that I that that that, that I, I like to have fun with who are just in an uproar that we're even engaging with this person at all. And mm-hmm. they have no problem sitting there going to TD garden and watching the Celtics or turning on ESPN and seeing the Lakers, which NBA has been in bed with China for God. I mean, this game is just too easy to play, right? Every aspect. So there's two. So, so my point is inside the golf world, I think this is a big deal. Outside, yes. it's just it's a very quick little boop in the pulse of geopolitical, you know, positioning. I mean, that's that's not lost on people when they watch it because they're yeah. not going to actually stick around. Questions I like to ask people: Are you not going to watch the Masters next year? The U.S. Open? Well, of course. Or what are still you afraid watch it. of? What's the fear here? Like, how is the game so going to change? So now, you personally, I'm curious about this because I and I just thought about this because it, it annoyed me slightly, but not like. Crazy. I'm not up in arms about this, but it's just thought I had. Are you at all annoyed that uh, the politicians and you know these senators, governors, whoever the senators on the Senate committee, not governors, um, are in a way just using golf for a political stance right now? No, in a in a time that in a time that is approaching election season, it almost feels too served up on a silver platter for or to go golf served up on a perfect tee for these politicians to have something that they can enrate you know rile up their base and their voters at the perfect time for them. That, like, uh, it, it, this it just, would be something else. I mean, it, oh, yes, I, it, it doesn't exactly but, would be, but like this feels like something. This feels like something that maybe a year after the election or a year ago where the election wasn't really on people's minds, maybe wouldn't make it all the way to a public it does, Senate. It hearing. doesn't bother me because it's well, what you, okay. Multiple things can be true at the same time. Yeah. And you know, yes, they're going to any, any politician, you know, you got to get reelected. So you have to speak to your mm-hmm. constituents. You got to position yourself. You got to take opportunities there. So when people get, you know, like, Oh, they're doing this for politics. What do you expect them to do? That's their that's no, their business. Yeah. And I mean, they're you know, and, and whether you want to use the word exploiting or just you know leveraging, so you know, you can't blame a dog for barking, you can't blame a duck for quacking, nope. you can't blame blame a politician for politicking. That's the that's kind of the lead into it. The second part for me is I'm trying to wrap my head around you know, because I was I was the first one to say Congress is gonna get off their keister and do something. Meh, meh, meh. And then yeah. I'm looking back at myself going, Well, hold on just a second. We're talking about billions, potentially hundreds of billions of dollars down, you know, of international commerce. 
if it weren't golf and it was any other business entity, they would take a look. And now, you know, the fact that it's the Saudis, maybe this is almost like hazing, right? Because I do go back to, we have diplomatic relationships with Saudi Arabia. We got military over there. We do a sure. shit ton of business with them. They own such a slice of all the pies everywhere. And I'm not to, and not to, you know, just overlook the genuine moral and ethical conversation. That's a separate, you know, kind of thing here. But to think that they're not going to take an opportunity to signal to their constituents and then also that to be naive enough to think that they shouldn't be looking at this, of course they should. Uh, so yeah, they so, have to. It's just made it so much more into the public eye than most. I, was, I think it was premature. Doing. I think it was just yeah. premature because we, again, it was, it was. It w- today was for show, and I think that's what you're getting. At, it was it's like there we didn't so know many bu- so many buzzwords were used today, and there was so much virtue signaling and you know all sorts of shit going on, and that's fine. But I guess at the end of the day, I will say that does bother me that it was it was kind of just not productive, kind of like Senator Johnson was saying, where let's let them see what this deal is going to look like before we all start, you know, getting yeah. You know, we, we, it's almost like, we, you know, we're expecting something and maybe there's, maybe this falls apart. You know, there can, well, there's so many things that could freaking happen on a deal this size. It, it will it's simple enough players on the committee say no. And it's simple. It's done in its tracks. I mean, I'm sure I, it's going to be more complicated than that, but on the surface, that's idiots. the way it's set up to be. And they're not idiots. They're talking about equity stakes in this new entity. They know what they're they know yes. what they're doing. They know the generation they're talking to and like the next wave of compensation style. So it's going to be a big yeah. thing for them to figure out. Is it is it is it is it a bonus pool? And like, are we done with the pimp and the popularity <sighs> contest? Are we going to go back to maybe some metric yeah. based bonus? Maybe it's shit like you know you do get bonus at the end of the year if you're leading or top five in statistical categories. Like, there's some sort of other way to objectify and reward this game, and they're just going to slice up whatever gigantic okay. effing pie the PIF wants to cut a check for, and they're going to slice up as much right. as as they can to keep these people happy. Because yes, at the end of the day. Without them, I'm not, and again, I'm not naive and stupid enough to think that you could just get rid of John Rahm and Rory and Jordan and Justin and Ricky, and within a year we would have the next route. There's, I said in the intro, the line of demarcation between golf, you know, great golfers and elite golfers is so thin. And if you get rid of those elites, it's not like it's next man up. They automatically fill in. These are also whole champions head to toe inside and out. The brain game is tuned or it's out of whack. So plenty of Joe schmucks can, you know, go out and shoot 63 at their local course. You know, there, there's a lot of those guys yeah. out there and even they would admit the, the difference between them who are comfortable at home. They might go out and play in some amateur stuff, but these tour guys are just operating at a slightly higher level because it is their career and they are the best of the best of the best. So how are the, and I'm curious to see what happens moving forward to see if this, if whatever compensation style they come up with yeah. becomes <clears throat> copy a bowl if that makes sense for other sports to be taken a look at well to one of your points there the one of the other things we did learn is that there is a proposal for the paf yeah, to provide to there is a proposal for the paf to provide um uh I, I guess a i am sorry fund or whatever to the or a payday fund if you want to call it to the players that stayed loyal to the pga yeah. in return in return for a 
for a path back to the PGA and world ranking points for the live golfers. The world ranking points. I, I kind of want to shake. I still can't believe we're hung up go. on the fucking world ranking points. I can't believe we're still hung up on that. Do these, it, I'm sorry, but do the, I still have a hard time believing that the majority of the guys on live tour who have, who are bitching about it actually care about the world ranking points at this point. They have their bag of money. They got it. And in the end here, they're going to get the best of both worlds. I don't believe that they actually care about what their ranking in the world is. They have everything they need. No, they care. They care about the role it plays of them getting into majors. Because if you look, they're going to get into them unless you're Sergio Garcia and you can't qualify locally, but whatever. Wow. (laughs) Shots fired earlier. Earlier. Why not? You know, yeah, I don't know what early, early on El Nino. Um, there we go. I have been going down a rabbit hole of open championship lore. We'll get there. But the, the, yeah, these proposals that were out there again, that's the Rory and Tiger owning live teams and becoming live players. Yeah. Um, there so is they're not going to be live players. Let's be clear there. They're not going to play on the live. Playing 10, yeah, playing 10 events. That was that was a fun thing, though. I, I It's a stat that always boggles my mind. Tiger's got so many of these, right? And it's like, I saw the one the other day that like Scotty Scheffler would have to stay at number one for the next 12 years consecutively to match Tiger's yeah. streak. And it's just those kind of reminders. It's wild. It's, it's, it's nuts. But um, he is the third winningest golfer on the European tour. That's insane. He never, he, he, but that's because they yeah. recognize the majors and the world golf championships. He's got 15 and 18. So he's 33 right there. Seve's got 50 wins. Bernard Longer's mm-hmm. got 42 uh, Scotty Schaefer also has five straight top four finishes. Do you realize how insane that is? And and yeah. and, and, and with all and all things considered, and I don't mean this lightly or negatively or to to lessen what he did, but he's done it kind of quietly. I feel like there's been other storylines that have overshadowed what he's done in the last year and a half in the golf world. A handful, a couple of those tournaments, he, he you know he hung around the cut line, or you know he had he had to barely get to the weekend, and then all and of then a sudden he just stepped on. It on. <laughs> well, he there was that stat floating around after the memorial, I think it was, where he led the he led the field in strokes gained approach and was last in strokes gained putting, and right there was kind of yeah. or proximity one one or the other. But Scotty Scheffler is, I, I say, you know. Playing in Texas, this is we're going to get into the Scottish Open talk here in a couple minutes. But yes. <clears throat> back to these proposals, I was about to go right down. Yeah, the Scottish so we were going to go off on a tangent there. The Greg Norman thing is the one that Tiger spoke right. There's yeah. no way this moves forward with him in place. He's the first one that's got to go. So we yeah. knew that that was going to happen. I, it, and, you know, Greg out there saying like, "Live strong, and we're going to be back next year. And we're not going anywhere." It's you no know, one cares what you have to say, Greg. We all know the writing on the wall, <laughs> but it's the athletic director coming out and being like, we have full confidence in coach and, you know, he's our guy moving forward. Yeah. And we have no intention of, you know, announcing his firing until Monday. And so they, <laughs> everybody, like you said, everybody knew it was about to happen. So back to circle, back to the top, because it's been 20 minutes of bullshit. That's exactly, that's how that just sounded. That's kind of how it sounded on Capitol Hill today. It was, it was, I think it was yeah. a lot of, a lot of one-way statements and then just, you know, I felt like at moments there were, there were questions that were asked that I was just like, why are you asking them to defend this? You know, just take the curiosity approach, you know, let it come. Let's see what actually, where this goes. It's simple. 
It's I don't know how because... to square. I don't know how to square the moral argument with the practical argument, and that's. I think that well, frustrates me. Yeah, and I, I don't think you can. I think I think it's just forever going to be a tug and pull there. But what's it's simple when it comes to these public hearings, with with these public hearings on any matter in government, like you said earlier in the show, they're never productive. You never learn anything out of nothing ever gets done out of because the public hearings are there already done before they walk in. Exactly. The public hearings are there for one thing, and the public hearing is there for everybody to posture and showboat. It's what it's about. And that's all this was. Everybody got to say the buzzwords they wanted, make the statements they wanted. Everyone got a turn speaking nice and, you know, cordial to each other here, there, done two hours in and out. And then they released the article and the and the statements afterwards with all the juice in it. Like we could have done without the damn TV. Now we have sk- we have skipped over some of the more salient details. Like one of the big takes is that the PGA Tour was essentially in between a rock and a hard place. You know, they're holding yes. they're holding a knife and they're going up against a bazooka. It's not. It wasn't going to be fair. And live, you know, the PIF had no intention of backing off because with you know they a seven seven hundred billion dollar fund. I mean, they could just slice. They could just slice and slice away for the next ten years, and either. And I'm not saying pick off the talent, but just exhaust the PGA Tour. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, well, it, just it, legally, the legal yeah. arguments. That's, that was their PGA's biggest reason to back down was to just be done with the legalities. And I guess the uh, the kind of back and forth last year when this started about if we, you know, if if, if a deal doesn't happen now, then it looks like they're just gonna, yeah, like you said, you know. Put, the th- put put their knee on our throat and just watch yeah. us slowly die. So you that said, I saw a take by somebody and it really kind of took me back. And it was like basically it was like I'm not you know sorry, not sorry, but the PGA tour did this to themselves. They've been arrogant for so many years and and you know they went down that road. And at first mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of like what? And yeah. and I just don't understand what I what I would love to have followed up with is what do you mean? What do you mean they've been arrogant? Did they did they not issue you press credentials early on in your career and you're butthurt about yes. it? Or like, yeah. do you think that because they, you know, you have to be confident in your product, in your future, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes you do have to pivot in life, especially when you're when you're in an unwinnable or untenable situation. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit, it was I would I would say, you know, the 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 taste was kind of like, uh, okay. But um we got that. I just don't, I don't, I don't get that. They were arrogant. They've just been arrogant for so long now. Maybe they, I don't think it's updated like player compensation stuff, or like we've been talking about the digital media rights. And can we talk about that? Maybe, you know, create some more, cause we are smarter. We can always further better business practices uh, and everything we do, but the whole, like, I didn't, I, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand it again. I don't so, know if I agree or disagree. I just don't understand so here, here's, that, here, comes from. here's the comparison I can draw here is that, yeah, I don't necessarily think that the PGA tour was arrogance, probably the wrong word. Well, I think they were do what they were, is they were, they were just slow to change because they were so convinced that the way they've been successful for so long has, was still going to work the same way, you know, I, I, we're going to cross sports here and draw the comparison to Bill Belichick. He even now faced with needing to change in order for this team to be his current team to be successful, whether it's on defense or offense, 
he still in the media will sit there and say, yeah, but we won this this many years ago. We won all this over the last 20 years. Yeah, that's great. You're not wrong. Just like the PGA, the PGA was successful for many, many years and was a, a great path for players to make a professional move. Uh, but it just became time for the PGA to change and the live just expediated that by or ex- expedited, expedited that uh, probably by about five years, I'd say. But I think these changes were coming eventually. So that's why I don't want to use the word arrogant. I think it just sped up the timeline. Yeah, I guess you, I guess you could say that. We also, I guess they didn't have the, the money they thought they did when they started talking about like the, the PIP fund. And I, I think yeah. they also just knew you can't cobble together through corporate partnerships, the kind of ammo it was going to take to, to win the day. I say win the day, but uh, keep the status quo. So yes. it, you know, it does open the, it does open the can of worms of the bigger talk about, you know, when, when people say the Saudis are going to take over golf, I do want to, I, I would love to understand a little further. I don't think that's what, true. I don't think that's true. I don't understand. Now I, I did, I did, I did make this prediction. You watch the, the tour championship might be in Saudi Arabia in the next 10 years. Or they might add coming. a fifth major or something like that. A, a quote unquote, global major or something or, or a part of tiger and rory's league is going to be a, a like one week's going to be like a live pga face-off or something there's going to be there's going to be some sort of mix and match here people need to be ready for it to be coming in some sort of form there's going to be face offs there's going to be blending of the two tours it's going to happen but it's not going to be for the full season it's going to be picked and choose here and there I think they're just going to hang up, live, and just say thanks for the ride. Well, I'm talking. I'm talking short term. I think long term, you're right, 100. percent I'm just talking in the short term here. As they as they go on believing they're they're going to survive. The uh, the other idea is instead of making it for the elite, you go the other way and you make it an opportunity tour. You know, another kind of like. See, like, I think I think there's value in that. I do. I think there could be some value between, in that. Maybe maybe it is the. Uh, <laughs> here we go. If it becomes relegation, so if you finish outside mm-hmm. the top one, 125, and so you know, you take that kind of middle crop that they do work with in the, the year end, the people who are from 126 and to 175 on the PGA tour and like the top 25, yep. or you know, numbers 26 through 50 of the corn ferry. And I guess they there's some opportunities there. Take those guys and put them on the live tour for the year and you know, have like 10 guaranteed cards out of it or something. There's an idea, but at the end of the day, they were making money, and I don't know. I don't know if it was. I don't know if taking away talent is then all of a sudden going to turn live into a money maker, but it could stick around for that reason. Well, and that does kind of that these opportunities that you just laid out that I do think would be beneficial to the game of golf and to the structure of it all. It does kind of take away from the whole idea, like the base idea of what live is and that it's supposed to be bigger, louder than everything else when it comes to golf. And so that, yeah, losing the star power out of live would kind of take away from it being that experience because less people would care, quite frankly, not to, not to, not to downplay what those other guys in those rankings you just said are doing with their professional careers, but no one's going out there to see them in that in that sense. No, no artist is gonna gonna say yes to that event for playing the the after uh, to, the after tournament concert uh, like we've been seeing. Like they, like this little those little things would start to trickle down, we, which we would be so what we, we should have stuck be. around for Diplo. We really should no have. fuck Diplo, whatever. <laughs> um, so so okay. So do you have another point on the lift on the lift stuff? Because I have like a semi, uh, one last semi. Uh, um, yes, actually, I have a question for you. Relevant point. Weeks. Does Matty Wolf have a drinking problem? 
So that's uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I've been annoyed by by that whole scenario between him and Brooks Kepka. Uh, because on one hand, part of me is like, okay, we don't know what is going on within that. Cause, and this is where it is different for on live tour when it comes to golf. We're not used to seeing a team aspect for golf. And obviously their team is taking that to heart. We don't know what's going behind the be, going on behind the scenes of, of, with that team. So maybe this was Brooks, Brooks Kepka, Brooks Kepka's last, uh, kind of last stand to get through to Matt Wolf is to be public about him. Um, Matt Wolf obviously, obviously did not take it well. And I don't blame him because I think the, if that was what Brooks was trying to do, I think the way he did it was just a little bit much. Like to where it just comes off as too, it comes off as too offensive and not enough constructive. If that's what he was going for, if he was going for constructive, the coach that sometimes goes to the media just literally talks shit about a player, you know, blah blah blah, to kind of to kind of be like one of two ways. Yeah. So, and the reason I mentioned that is because I know he has a history with taking taking breaks from golf, you know, mental health related issues. Yeah. I mentioned that on the golf course. The guy I was playing with was like, no, no, no. He's like, I heard it was it's been alcohol the whole time, which wouldn't also wouldn't be the first time a substance abuse, you know, became the way of talent. Um, but that's why I was, I was just curious if you had seen any scuttlebutt, you know, out there on the, on the blogosphere, because I, I agree in that it wasn't for my taste, Yeah. but then again, the guy who's over here saying two things can be true at the same time. And maybe it just, maybe it did need to be said, or maybe Brooks is just like, listen, that he's very clear that he's that kind of dude that like, there's two types of people in this world, winners and losers. Which one do you think? I, you know, like that's, you know, it's a binary system. You're either a champion and you want it or you're a loser and you don't. I do think there's a lack of empathy in that approach to think that. See, and this is know, where, this is kind of where I had the issue with it. Cause what we saw, the, the version of Brooks Kepka we saw on full swing was one, uh, was when vulnerability. He was at, it was when he was at his lowest in his vulnerability. And the like, out of the things he was saying, I got the impression that if someone did this to him in that time, was that I'd given up on like another player, not not us in the media, not none of us. Where we mean nothing to him, but one of his peers, one of his close peers, uh, the you know whatever person you pick to draw the comparison to being a teammate, um, if one of them went publicly and said they gave up on him and that they just can't um, deal with him basically anymore. I'm not sure Brooks would have handled that all well from what we saw in full swing. Now he's obviously grown. He's come around. It's been over a year. He's been doing great. So I I don't think that's the case now, but like for someone who I don't think would have handled it well, I'm a little surprised that he went that road against somebody else. I love that he's third in the Ryder cup rankings and he's only played two, two qualifying events. It's because he's when he's over here, he's killing it. Jesus. And uh, our boy Keegan Bradley is sitting right outside the top six. Even if not, he'll probably, get, he'll probably get a captain's pick. Spieth will get a captain's pick. Yeah, I Cam can see that. Young, and I'd say probably Ricky. I would say, how do you not take Ricky this year? I'd say Ricky's too hot right now. If, it's, if we're talking captain's pick, Ricky over Cam Young every all day, every day right now. Um, we'll see what he does this week. We'll get to him here in just a few minutes. The last point I wanted to bring up because it did make news about obviously the live golf news today and the PGA news kind of overshadowed it, but Jay Moynihan's making his return, uh, to yeah. his position with the PGA at the head of it all here. Um, so the one question I want to ask you here is obviously I'm hoping Jay, the best health wise, whatever it was, 
the question I asked, because it's kind of a question I've been asking myself, but I'm not really sure how I land on it yet, so I need you to convince me one way or the other here. I'm not saying Jay wasn't sick. I am. No, I'm just kidding. I, no, my conspiracy I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he wasn't sick, but the timing of his multi-week hiatus seemed too strategically perfect from a PR standpoint to where I'm saying he might have just had a cold and they took advantage of, hey, let's blow this up and you need a few breaks away because we got to get you out of the spotlight because you are taking weight. Because it was like days after he was taking the worst heat that it was, oh, I'm sick, I need to step away. It almost felt like a possible preemptive resigning. That was I would not have been surprised if that – I. I don't think that should be what happened. Two weeks suspension, and then you come around on Monday, and it's yes. I don't. I don't think that's that should have been what happened. But if after this these few weeks that he's had off, it came back that he was out of the job, it wasn't going to surprise me because that's what this all felt like. It felt like they were hiding him. I do. I do think they were hiding him, but I think it was it was for cause. Meaning. So the most obvious, okay, not the most obvious, but take taking them at their word or even trying to go beyond that and thinking of the most optimistic, the man just, you know, swallowed the biggest jagged pill, you know, stuffed with dog yeah. shit of his entire life. Yes. And he might've just been exhausted, like genuinely. And it's one of those scenarios sure. where, and not, not the way that, you know, folks just kind of be like, I need a break. I need a weekend away. No, no. Like, like where it actually physically affects you to where you, 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 you're depressed things, anxious, all of that stuff. Yeah. Like, I you know, you're sitting, you're sitting in the, you're sitting in a team meeting and all of a sudden the boss looks at everyone and it, like, they just look at you and it's like, you need to just like, like take two weeks off. Like you're not yeah. fired, but like you're working, you're at, you're, you're, you're going to kill yourself if you keep this up. Could have been mm-hmm. that. It could have been. Um, I'm, I'm I'm willing to accept that. Yeah, but I. It also could have been maybe the deal was that like okay, I'm gonna go out there. I'll be the first one through the wall, so to speak. But then I'm I'm gonna step aside <laughs> for a while and let you fuckers clean this yeah. up because that was the other thing too. Because, yeah, because remember, he. You know, I don't know if it was talked about much in the in the, the hearings because I was tuning in and out. I do have a job, uh, or what I lovingly refer to yeah. as a future former nine to five. But he he wasn't at the he wasn't kind of at the beginning of this. This again, what goes back to yeah. earlier or whatever the guy's name is, the chairman of the PGA, Jimmy Dunn, and then you know contacts with uh, Yasser, and somebody pointed yeah, out that what, Jimmy Dunn has that's, what we, that's one of the things we learned golf. today. I'll, how about the the Augusta mm-hmm. the Augusta membership and the RNA membership for Yasser? That was that was one of the proposals. Or part oh, of the how project. did I, how did I miss that in the in what I read? I missed that part. That I did was not one know of that. the uh, that was one of the one of the many kind of that was up there with Tiger and Rory owning live teams, right? But it yeah. maybe okay. though because he is now all of a sudden going to be a quote unquote power broker. Um, Augusta National gets to do whatever the hell they want to do because I I don't think they I don't were know always going to be able to. <laughs> Yeah, it's they're they're like the Illuminati. They there's a yeah. power structure there and a network there that I don't think even the, the kingdom can take down. Don't. Well, I mean, it's clear already. They had gotten away with not allowing female memberships only up until how many years ago? Like five. Well, when Condi did that Rice. change? It was Condi Rice, and I want to say it was 2012. 
Um, okay, so longer than five, but still, like that's no, that's crazy. <laughs> your your point is well taken. I was trying to flex my golf nerddom. The uh, but I I don't think it's out. Of, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. The RNA I would think might be a not no I don't know maybe it's a new who the fuck that knows? one that one's more interesting. Like Augusta, I get because you get the just the status uh, of being RNA able to be at that course. Is, RNA memberships are coveted. It's another. It's a status. Sure, but I feel like that's a status like that's more. I feel like that's a status that's more just known for the elites, like amongst the elites. You know what I mean? Which is still right. something obviously of value. Um, but yes. manages uh, a seven hundred billion dollar wealth fund. I think we can call the guy. Yeah, I think he's elite. I like that he's into <laughs> golf because there also could be the fringe benefits of. So they're talking about pumping money into social issues. They're talking about growing the sure. game. They basically are saying, like, on top of golf, there's all these other things that you're trying to do. Like, you know, here's money. I'm leery of that, and I do. And it does not. It's not lost on me that you know the human rights stuff, and they, you know, the way that they they treat. But I also ask the question of you know, how many battles do you have to fight on? How many fronts on? How many people's behalf? What you know? Can I continue to watch golf mm-hmm. without having an overwhelming? Like, I I go back to I want to watch. I'll watch anything you know golf related shit. Um, the U.S. Adaptive Open. I'm trying to find that. They. No, I don't think anybody's streaming it. But if somebody knows, yeah. holler at me. Uh, but I'll, I'm going to watch the four majors. I'm going to watch the players. I'm going to watch whatever tournament they come out with us because as long as it's world-class golfers competing at world-class venues for 72 holes, like oh, man. grown ups. Hell, did you, oh, man. hell did you, did you see the, the finish of the, um, the, the DP world tour on Sunday? I did uh, not. I, how did, how did you, how did you I, scoop me on this? Well, they went to what? Three or four playoff holes. I think it was. Um, and, uh, and I'm not even going to uh, attempt to say their names, uh, but in the end, it was the the tournament, and I'm not, I can't even get the name of the tournament right. It was a, it was uh, it was the Dane it was a Danish tournament, a Dane one. It hadn't happened yet, so like that one, it was. Um, the Hoygaard, Hoygaard, or whatever you say, yeah, however you say his name, he is going to be a killer in the Ryder Cup. So, and he's in the field this week. We'll get to that in just a little bit. I promise for all you who are sticking around for our picks, I know we're, we're already at 37, almost 38 minutes. We haven't talked picks yet. We're going to get there. I promise you. Uh, he's in the field this week. But we still got to talk about the fan- This was a fantastic finish to uh, to a tour that not many people actually catch on, on TV here in the States, I feel like, uh, just because of timing or whatever. The It, w- it went to multiple playoff holes. The first playoff hole, uh, one of the guys puts it in the uh, green side, the green side bunker on the back side of the green on a on an uphill lie. Looks like an impossible shot with a short sided green, and he somehow hits a perfect bunker shot to put it within, I don't know, it was like five feet of the of the hole, and it, it, it left it short of the hole too. So I don't know how he pulled it off. It was great. They pushed the hole, go back up to the tee. They come back down. The neck, the other guy then hits an identical shot into the bunker to the same exact spot. Then I'm like, okay, there's no way this is going to happen twice. He hits the same exact bunker shot within just five feet of the hole, gets it close. They push it again and go on so far. And then in the end, Hojgaard, Hogard, the the Danish wins in the end. But it was a fa- it was fantastic golf. If you're just a golf fan, it was great back and forth. Um, there's world class golf out there. At your fingertips, wherever you want. I'm 
I'm scrolling it on the YouTube. You weren't lying. Those bunker shots were nuts. No, I right? like um, they, they were they were they weren't just uphill lies. They were uphill in the wrong direction of the green. Like so, they, when you're talking uphill below below your feet, also coming at an angle up, like it was just impressive golf. These guys are good. Him and his brother Nikola or Nikolai Hoygaard. Yes, I saw that his twin brother came Hoygaard. out to celebrate with him. He's a oh, twin. Yeah. Did you know that? I did. I did. I've been yes. big. On, I've been big on the Hoygaard train uh for a while now that's the most dp world tour i think we've ever talked i had the tiger fact earlier you're bringing up weekend finishes <laughs> watch out we're gonna be taking over madrid here soon no nacho the guy that he was playing is one of my favorite names out yes there. that was him nacho yes. elvira or something like that does sound yes. like a big kid from texas but he's a spaniard um but yeah no look out for the hoy guards when we go to rome later this year for the Ryder cup 100 percent uh, 100%. But look, let's get let's get into this. Let, let's get a quick break here. We'll hear from Underdog Fantasy here. And then these last uh, 20 or so minutes, uh, we promise we're going to hit you with the fantasy picks right now coming in for the Genesis Scottish Open. So stick around. We'll be right back after this quick break. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management. No trades. No waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. Gingerbread's ready for the the Genesis Scottish Open this week. Uh, and look, we it was a perfect timing to talk to to talk DP, DP World Tour before this because we have a lot of deep, uh, DP guys in this field this week. Uh, so if, if you follow the DP World Tour and you're watching us, you're going to know some familiar names that we're going to talk about this week. I feel well, like and, and, if, and if you follow at this buds for you on Instagram, you're going to know why, Andrew, and that's because this is a co-sanctioned event between the PGA yes. Tour and the DP World Tour. This is the year two of that partnership. Uh, or that recognition and it's agreements like that, that were kind of symbolic in them saying to possible competitors and other, you know, our strong alliance. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to that golf alliance, but we do have a bunch of DP world yes. tour guys here uh, like the Hoy guards. <laughs> well, and, and let's not forget that we, we are, we are in Scotland. We are in Europe. Uh, we're, we're on a course uh, similar to other courses that these DP guys are, are more used to playing. So you cannot ignore them this week just because they're a name you don't know. Uh, take the stats for what they are worth. And speaking of stats, let's quickly get into our key stats, both of ours, so that we can get into our picks. Because uh, as always, I'm going strokes game putting, strokes game approach. There's no surprise there. But one thing stands out to me this week about, about this course is that there's uh, there's an extra par three. There's five par threes on this course this week. Uh, and because of that, I'm going to go strokes gain par three. And then the other interesting outside of a, a pretty standard one I've used before, I'm going to go par fours, uh, strokes gain par fours, 450 to 500 yards. But 
we're going to dip into a proximity range that I don't typically dip into. Uh, I know. I'm about to bore Bud here. But we're going to go proximity of approach shots between 75 and 100 yards. Uh, and this is a very unique thing about this course is that the, these guys are able to get it down the fairway, get it into position where they're playing wedge shots in. Uh, so the guys that have the short game ability are guys that I'm going to want to target this week. So strokes game putting, strokes game par 3, strokes game approach, proximity 75 to 100, and par 4 is 450 to 500. Bud, Hit me with your key stats. See how much your par for 450 to 500 and whatever the hell else you said. I got some similar stats because I'm big on strokes game putting, but I went strokes game putting slow or average greens. Is what Ooh, it was okay. a little peak. Uh, the, God, you're calling reading, me a nerd, Jesus. I was reading one of the. <laughs> I was reading one of the other, one of them other guys actually in in my research, and I just saw that stick out. <laughs> I I think it's just because they can't get these things, these coastal greens. They can't get them as super slick as they can get some of these country club settings. Makes so sense. it's just rougher that way. And you're gonna see a lot of these guys on these links courses taking putters from off the green. You know, maybe sometimes as far mm-hmm. as 30, 40, 50 yards out. Just the because Texas that's wedge. The Texas wedge. So <clears throat> I strokes gain putting on average greens, strokes gain ball striking, and strokes gain par three for the reason you said. Uh, the ball striking again. I think it's just it's it's a st- it's it's approach plus because you do mm-hmm. take the approach and off the tee. So it's ultimately Correct. how are you playing tee to green, and who can steal shots on par threes. I think these guys are good enough on the fours and fives uh, to to kind of hang with each other. It's kind of to use a tennis term. You can, as long as you can hold serve on the fours and fives, who's going to you know get a break here and there on the threes. And it's worth mentioning one of the par threes this week is only roughly depending on which the pin placement, but on average is playing one forty seven. So a nice short par three this week. Uh, the other not short of, enough after the U.S. Open and after well, watching not short the U.S. Enough after Open, what we saw. Uh, yeah, not short enough. Oh. But right, yeah, right. not short enough. But with the other the other par threes are around the one ninety to two thirteen range somewhere in between there for just about all the other four. So, uh, but that one forty seven one should be interesting. On the Depending on the wind for these guys, it's like an eight. That's like an eight iron, maybe a nine sure. iron. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, so with both of our key stats in there, uh, what does that lead us to? That leads me. Uh, let's let's go from the numbers. Uh, we'll go salary base here. Um, right. Look, we, we we mentioned it earlier in the show. Scotty Scheffler has just been on a tear, and it's not been talked enough. I feel like even enough, even though it has been talked about a lot. Uh, what he's doing is special right now. Uh, but eleven six at eleven thousand six hundred dollars and seventeen to eighteen percent ownership. Um, I just I still just can't do it. I'm gonna continue to not play Scotty Scheffler, even though he's playing great because there's just not enough value and leverage for me to play him. And it's similar to why I'm not gonna play Rory McElroy, ten nine at sixteen percent. No thank you. Even though he has five straight top tens. I just can't spend that money there this week. Um, I'm not spending any money in the double digits, but truth gun to my head, if I had to, it would probably be with Xander for the reasons you said. There's not enough leverage in the other two, and Xander is a little cheaper, and he's so freaking reliable. I mean, the guy is like he's on the cusp. We've seen him on the weekends late. Uh, and when you see a lot of somebody, that means that they're playing later in the day, and that means that they're playing really good. So yeah. uh, X going to give it to you if you feel like you want to pony up the dough, but for me, it might be a little too rich for my blood. 
I love that. X going to give it to you. Uh, I love that. He's got five straight top 25s, two of those being top 10 finishes in his last five starts. 18 out of 19 cuts this year. Xander Shoffley is definitely start. He's the only 10K guy starred in my lineup this week. Um, we'll see if he makes it in, but I, I definitely like him. Uh, but that gets us down to the 9K range. I'm going to skip right over Patrick Hanley. I, I just think he's he's ranking outside my top 10 of my model. He's 15% owned. He's 10,200. Uh, just there's really nothing that's pulling me towards him. Do you have any thoughts on Canley or can we move on to the 9K range? No, none on Canley. I mean, that doesn't surprise right. me when he plays good, but I'm not, I don't, I don't know. There's no reason for me to think he's a favorite. Agreed. Agreed. So here's the thing. 9K range, there's a lot of guys in the 9K Hi. range that pop up pop up in my rankings high up. Uh, so the, what it comes down to for me here is the leverage I can get on ownership. Uh, so for me, Matthew Fitzpatrick at 98 uh, I'm willing to pay that slightly higher uh, 14% ownership, mainly because we're over there in Scotland. I think he he plays well on these link style courses. Uh, so I'll take Matthew Fitzpatrick for that reason there. Uh, Ricky Fowler, you want to talk about a hot player right now, uh, 9,500 and still less projected ownership than Scotty Scheffler. If I'm going to play one of those two guys for how hot they are, I'm going to play Ricky Fowler right now. Um, and then the guy who ranks out number one in my model this week, Wyndham Clark at 9,000, right around 14, 15% ownership. Uh, I'm definitely playing me some Wyndham Clark this week. Yeah, you're going to see Wyndham Clark in my lineup probably once or twice because for the reasons you said, he's seventh in my model. And also, if I'm going to play two 9K guys, it's a toss-up mm-hmm. for me between Ricky and Tommy Fleetwood, and I might eat the chalk with Tommy just because he's, he's first in my model. And, again, it, it – just chalk's not always bad. You just have to understand where you're going to, where you are going to exactly. swallow it and not, and try not to get too much down. And because my model did provide a little bit of leverage down low, I, I might be able to actually get those two nine K guys. I haven't started messing around. Another one who's kind of spicy right there. I love no, Shane Lowry. I know. I fucking I knew it. I knew Shane you were going to say it. <laughs> 21st in my model, which is still high enough for me to give him a look. He's yes. not, you know, he's not that highly owned. Uh, I think he's in you know, a 12, 13%, which, you know, and this is his, you know, he's people forget he won the, uh, the open a couple of years ago. Yep. And this is the open light. This is the tune up. And this is when these guys, you know, especially the European guys get back home and they just start smacking it around and, you know, put it, like I said, putting all crazy and shit. Yeah, 60 some, yards off the green. Golf is different across the pond. It well, needs it, there's something to be said for it. Um, just a little teaser here, by the way, I'm playing three, nine K guys this, this week against you. Uh, so, and they're all three of the ones I just said. Uh, so going to lose. Uh, hell no. Let's hit the AK range though. Cause we want to get as many picks into these, uh, to these viewers as we can. And obviously because I'm playing three nine K guys, my own personal lineup, I'm skipping the AK range, but that doesn't mean there's guys in the AK range, uh, that I don't like. Um, I like Adam Scott at 8,100, around 12% ownership. I love him this week. This feels like his type of course. He, he does well in these uh, European style link courses. And then Corey Connors at 8,000 at 10% ownership. Uh, he, other than the cut at the missing the cut at the U.S. Open, uh, T9 at the Travelers, T20 at the RBC Canadian. Uh, this feels like the type of place where he can rip it and grip it and, and make up the rest uh, as he goes. So. I actually disagree with you on Adam Scott. He's 113th in my model, and he's you know really he, he is pretty he is pretty popular. Uh, wow. But Ludwig Aberg, yeah, he, he's what only 83rd in my model, and I, and I think that's just because 
just because he, he's new and there's not a, lot, not a lot of data out there on him yet. So he doesn't have the, you know, the numbers to really get up there. Sure. But I, I say, keep an eye on him. I don't know if I'm going to play him. Uh, my model really tells me to play some Sam Burns and Sam Burns is actually not a terrible leverage see, play. Uh, I can see that for 8,400. If there is a strokes gained been here before though, Min Wu Lee at 8,900. Yes. He, he, you know, he won in 2019. The first year was at the, at the Renaissance club. Uh, you know, we've seen flashes of woo uh, throughout the year. And then also oh. on social media, I saw he stuck around to watch a couple of, he was, he was like watching like with the fans and somebody asked him about yes. it later. And he's like, I don't have one of those faces yet where everybody was like running. Up he, to me. Like, he also made an appearance at a cricket match. I saw that on social media too. So I, pff, social media, we skipped right over the, the Wimbledon crowd. I love seeing all these guys in I know. showing up for Wimbledon. It was great. But look, Manuel Lee's not a bad, not a bad shout here because at under 10% ownership, 8,900, he has two straight top 10 finishes. That being at the travelers in the US Open. Open, uh, and four straight cuts made. Uh, you're not wrong. I'm in Willie here. He's a sneaky good play this week, considering that nobody's really talking about him. I like that. It, yeah. And again, 117th at 117th in my model, but uh, I I might have to give that a look for all the reasons you just said. Hot hand right now. Yep. Let's hit the 7K range. This is where it's it gets hot. interesting. Well, so here's what I love about the 7K range. It's pretty much. Pretty much everyone in the 7K range is at fantastic ownership leverage. Mm-hmm. I think there's only one guy. I'm, I'm just quickly scrolling through. There's only one guy in the 7K range, I think, that's in double-digit projected ownership. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, there's only one guy, and that guy is – he's right back up at the top. Let me get back up there. Ryan Fox at 11% ownership, 11 and 12%. And I get it because I like Ryan Fox this week. He's got four straight – uh, cuts made. He ranks eighth in my model, seventy five hundred, eleven percent owned. He's seven out of ten cuts made. Ryan Fox is a guy I like. Uh, I also like Brian Harmon and Sahith Thagala. Uh, they're both playing great. Now, look, Brian Harmon quietly two straight top ten finishes. Sneaky. We're not used to that out of Brian Harmon. Like we can sit there and say Brian Harmon can be a guy who we're, we're confident will make the cut, but we we don't typically see him inside the top thirty. Two, That's two straight two straight top tens. Brian Harmon's coming on hot right now. I'm gonna ride that hot hand for under seven percent ownership. That's only seventy six hundred. You you ride it. You ride it hard. And I like that you you already t- you already teed it up. See what I did there with the ownership in seven K. When you're down in this range, you don't necessarily need to check the ownership. Although every once in a while something will pop out. And again, uh, somebody who's just having a or just coming off of a flash of a flash of greatness, you know, will get yeah. everybody's attention to be in the 12, 13 percent. Yeah, range. someone who jumps up from sixty two hundred to be in seventy five hundred because they won the week before, something like that. Yeah, that said, you know that you're you're pretty safe just kind of pluck, plucking three or four out of here. One that's fifth in my model, and honestly, if you go back to some of the finishes that he's had throughout mm-hmm. throughout the season, you know, at these big events, he was twenty seventh at the Players, fifteenth at the PGA Championship. 24th at the Memorial, 6th at the RBC Canadian, 39th U.S. Open. So he's he's worth a look, and that's Eric Cole. He's been a pretty popular name. Yeah. And in, in, in the pedigree is there. And I don't I didn't even look at the ownership on him, but I'm gonna and trust the numbers. Under nine percent. Yeah, oh, and I'm gonna fantastic. trust my numbers with him being taught with him being fifth. He's where I'm looking first in the 7k range. You know me, sure. I love Aaron Rye, and anytime I see him, I think that Tommy <laughs> Two Gloves. This could be the week, so he might get that gut look 
from me. And then uh, my next guy was actually in the 6K range. But um, I'll see. I'm sorry. Aaron Rye, actually, there are uh, – Aaron Rye is uh, in the 7K range and over 10% ownership, too. I, I was mistaken. He's a popular guy. I mean, British guy. He's going to be another one that I think might get a Ryder Cup look. for. He, 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 he's going to hit about trending. 14% ownership, it looks like, which is too um, much for me in this range for how he ranks out for me. He's what? Aaron Rye is what? All right, he's going to hit 14% ownership, it looks like. Yeah, he might be worth it. He's at 13-4 um, now, and I bet you he goes up a little bit more. I bet you he doesn't. No, I'm just kidding. And then Brandon okay. Wu. Brandon Wu is highly ranked for me. You know, I can't remember who's having the best week, him or Dylan. Every you know, every once in a while, they're both pretty. High. I know. Yeah. But to free up some cash up top, I I might I might like me some Brandon Wu just to go uh, kind of heavy in the seven k range. He, I like that picture on your shoulder. I just noticed it. It's a beautiful picture of a a, a wooded railroad scene. It's fantastic. I love this picture. For those for those um, listening in their car, it's a wooded railroad scene. Yes, exactly. That should explain it all. Uh, Brandon Wu was a bit too hot and cold for me. Um, and to sum it up, he's missed four out of five last cuts he's played in, but the one he made the cut at, he finished T9. Uh, so it's lightning in the bottle. Big, big High risk, high reward. I get it. Under 6% ownership. He does rank out decent at this course, so I get it. This could be a week that he pays off for you. But this is what I was talking about earlier when it comes to guys in the DP Tour, guys who are from Europe who who played some of the courses. I'd rather dip into the 6K range to some guys who are underpriced for what we they – We can dip into the 6K range in a second. But here's why I'm taking okay. Brandon Wu. There's yes, one Lynx, there is one Lynx course that they play every single year. It's a Lynx style course. The, we just saw it with the U.S. Women's Open, and he was runner-up at the AT&T Pebble Beach this year. That's mm. my kind of justification because he, I do agree that he is. That's why I was joking about him and Dylan. They take turns you know, having good weeks, although Dylan doesn't really take weeks off. Uh, but I want to get down to the 6K yeah. range too because there's another name from earlier this year that showed up in my model, and not I'm probably uh, just going to blindly give him some love because of that. No, we we might have the same we might have the same name actually. Let me get let me get down to him because um, actually it might not be the same name. A guy that I like down the 6K range here who has uh, who finished T6 here last year, um, who has been playing in, in Europe. Uh, Jamie Donaldson, he's a guy that no one's going to really know. He's under 3% owned, 6,400. Um, he doesn't really make the cuts on, on these PGA-style courses, uh, but he finished T6 here last year. He finished T42 at the PGA Championship last year. Uh, Jamie Donaldson feels like the type of guy that's going to go underappreciated this week who could make some noise. Jamie Donaldson? Yes. Are you just making names up now? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm joking. Names up. Come on. Every respect to Jamie. Uh, no, Ben Griffin was the guy I was I was alluding to earlier. Oh, this I year. do love me some Ben Griffin. I, I had, really do. I had a little love. He's one, he's one of my guys this year that I just keep going to. Well, I just can't quit him either. But he's kind of like Brandon uh, that we were just talking about, Mr. Wu, where he is a little hot and cold, and he has been cold recently. Yes. Hoping, hoping, and praying that maybe a little change of venue. Uh, brings about better, and I'm just trusting the numbers. He's taught, I think he's 17th in my model, and at 6,600, that does free up a lot. And all I need him to do is actually make the cut. I don't need him to win. Ooh, well, here's Pepper. the thing. Here's the thing that we should mention about link style courses. Um, it opens up 
an opportunity for guys to get a little freer and a little more creative with their golf shots because it is just naturally more open. It doesn't mean there's not hazards. It doesn't mean there's not obstacles in the way. It doesn't mean you can just, you know, swing it like crazy and not pay attention to where you want to put your shot. But when you get within that 75 yard range or so, it opens up a lot of creative opportunities between bumps and bump and runs, long putts from off the green um, flop shots. Like you, you have all these creative shots where if there's a golfer who is just a skilled golfer who may not be able to ride um, the highs with some of these guys who are just the next level, this is the type of week where they can shine. Well, there's one guy that I, th- I I misread my own notes. Notes, my I like chocolates. Um, I misread my own notes, and he is in the seven K range. I thought he was at the top of the six K range, and that's JT Poston. And it's for yes, the he pops that, for me too. Yeah, it's for the reasons that you just said. Where, um, you know, he, the the ground game is a Lynx style game. You know, Tiger yes. won the 06 uh, Open, and he famously hit one driver all week. You know, in, yep. in, if you if you as long as the wind isn't too terrible, like you said, you can get you can get creative in a link style course. There's a great video of Seve Ballesteros hitting an approach shot. He won the he won the open a handful of times, but hitting an approach shot and he's playing against Lee Trevino and Lee Trevino is just so impressed that, that he pulled the shot off from where he was and the conditions and everything. He just, I think he said, touch of class is what he called it. Yeah. And it is Trevino, still greatest golf cameo to this day, I, in my opinion. No, no doubt about and it. And Happy Gilmore? Yes. I like it. I like it. That's a good pull. No, but JT Poston, he, he's coming off of a top 10 after a couple of missed cuts. Yeah. But again, hopefully. He looks really good this last week at the John Deere. I know a weak field, but he looked good. Last time I said that about a golfer, like, hey, they're, you know, they've been struggling, but they're coming off the top 10 was Justin Thomas a couple of weeks ago. And he was fucking, oh my God, he's been so week. up and down. That, though, was, I want to say that was the, uh, the Rocket Mortgage. And I think yes. it was, I, I was, oh, you mean the Rocket saying, City? The Rocket City Classic. <laughs> I was saying, and I was right, that these guys are already mentally over the pond. I mean, if you saw JT and Jordan yeah. and Ricky doing their thing at Wimbledon and going out with the girls and the, the social yeah, media, yeah, they stuff, had they had this trip planned. Shit, that was, I, and, and those guys don't need that money. And as long as they make the start, they make the start. And it counts towards their season total. So, um, yes. there's going to be more to come, you know, via the social networks with these picks this week. But I do agree that it's not a week to go top heavy because I think Correct. that. The the big dogs are i think you might actually see there's one more and then we'll let it we'll let the, we'll let everybody go there's a great story about tiger when he won the players championship the first time um he he admitted later that he was literally using it as quote unquote warm up for the masters and i think that's <laughs> yeah. what you which is which kills me uh but no yeah. he was saying he was practicing tee shots and different shapings of shots that he knew he was going to have to hit and I think you're going to see that this week where, you know, guys are going to use it as a tune up, but at the end of the day, they're all competitors and they want to win. Yeah. Cause the open championships right around the corner. We'll be ready for that. So this Fucking makes a lot love of it. Sense. I'm a big a open championship sense. guy. I'm a big morning guy. I'll be up at the, I was going to say my, my favorite part of that is how early you can just get up, go and watch. And it's fantastic. I love the open championship for that same exact reason. Ryder cup's going to be an early rise too. Yes. 
and that's going to be interesting too because we'll see who's on the team but that's going to do it for us this week on this episode of divots and pivots to those of you watching on rumble i don't know what is going on with the title of this episode uh the season two episode 27 is correct but this is obviously not the at&t byron nelson so i'm not sure what happened there get uh, it the YouTube fuck together fit- fire the intern no no because you know it's weird youtube and facebook has the correct title the genesis scottish open so i don't know what happened on rumble but whatever uh this is the genesis scottish open we we talked today but really what we talked about was the senate which is weird for us but we, we <laughs> talked the senate the majority of the show and that's okay because i could have talked for another hour i still have a ton of questions i want to talk to about oh, that maybe will be we'll the touch last on year. it next week that well, exactly so we'll, we'll be we'll be following up on some of that information for sure so catch us Next week and every Tuesday here at 8 o'clock on Divots and Pivots, part of Fantasy Sports Network, kicking off uh, Tea Time Tuesdays. The, the guys over at Plus Money Golf will be following us up here around 9, 30, 10 o'clock. They always change the time, so I don't know which one it is tonight, but stick around. Be on the lookout for that on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Rumble. We love you guys. We'll see you next week, and enjoy yourself some golf over the pond. 